It is the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series, featuring a live panel recorded on Thursday, February 6th at SAE Institute Chicago. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, the DIY filmmaking in Chicago's music scene panelcast, featuring Austin Vesely and Elijah Alvarado. Here's how that sounds. Welcome to SAE Chicago. I'm Martin Atkins, the uh, department chair of the music business department. For those of you who aren't students here, I just want to tell you a little bit about the school because it's fucking awesome. Students, is it awesome? Um, it's a really small, small school with mediocre students. And uh, um, it's a small school, but there are 56 of these schools in 32 countries. They're all small like this. I've been to the Barcelona campus. Hey, Bill, this is uh, national. What are you, Bill? A national. Yeah, it's Bill Smith. Uh, Bill is the reason I'm here. Um, I've been to the campus in Barcelona. I've been to the campus in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> New York, there's a brand new campus. Uh, there's always a brand new campus coming. So there are 52 of these schools. We're currently working on a compilation album with the students. We called it the January Project. We've got tracks from the Cape Town campus in South Africa, Barcelona, New York, London, Nashville. It's just kind of awesome to be plugged into this network as the world shrinks and the SAE network uh, grows. The reason I like it here, I've been to a bunch of schools in my last 10 years, either guest lecturing or teaching, and we're getting this to a point where it's a brand new music business program that reflects what's happening in the industry and hopefully what's going to be happening. So it's kind of cool. Um, so I want to introduce you to Haima, who has the Dynasty podcast. This is a Dynasty podcast event. Dynasty is in its ninth year. Nine years. So next year will be the tenth year. Yes. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Martin, for, for having us out here. This is fantastic. I really am excited to be here, um, here at SAE for Dynasty Podcasts. Cool. So I'm going to let you introduce these guys. We're going to watch some video, which is going to be great over the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, cool. um, so yeah, like Martin said, my name is Haima Black. I'm a journalist and content and event producer here in Chicago. Uh, I've been doing Dynasty podcasts for nine years this summer. It was the first music podcast ever launched in Chicago. Um, that being said, the people we are here to see today Elijah Alvarado and Austin Vesley. They are filmmakers, directors, producers from Chicago. They've done a lot of great music video work. They've done a lot of great uh, short film work. And we're going to be talking to them about their film and video and music work in Chicago, how the market is here, artists they've worked with, all sorts of great stuff. So um, why don't we hit play on one of these reels? I think we're going to look at Elijah's reel first. All right. So that was awesome. We just, uh, you know, people listening to this on the podcast at home, they won't have been able to have seen that. But we just got to watch the reels from Austin Vesley and Elijah Alvarado. Uh, those are really, really cool. So today, the panel topic is going to be DIY filmmaking in the Chicago music scene. We're going to talk about their video work, their Chicago artists, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, let's kind of start at the beginning, though. How did each one of you guys get started with, with video work and filmmaking? How did that happen? Um, I guess it's kind of um, like a lifelong hobby that fortunately kind of found its way into being uh, a career path. So it's always been something that I've been interested in, just messed around with a lot as a kid. But uh, it wasn't until I got to Chicago, really, that it kind of became something that, that I was going to keep doing uh, for my life, I guess. How old were you when you got to Chicago and started really uh, getting serious with it here? 20. 20? Okay. Yeah. Yep. What about you? Yeah, it was uh, kind of the same thing. You know, I really I started making videos uh, because I was just doing terrible in school, and I realized that if I made videos, that I would always get an A, no matter what, even if it was a terrible video. So that was kind of why I started doing it. 
It's like a sink it. or swim kind of thing in school. You're just yeah, like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. I was just, didn't want to write papers, didn't, but yeah, I could definitely throw throw a video together and get a good grade. So that's, that's awesome. I got into it. Yep. Uh, you know, for people who are in the audience wondering where they may have seen your work, what I mean, I know we just watched the reel, but name some of the some of the clips or treatments or visuals that people might know you guys from. Um, I do a ton of work with uh, Prop Cause, uh, Chicago rapper, um, and he's doing a lot of great stuff right now. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of stuff with Prop Cause and, uh, you know, some of the rappers, you know, the Chicago rappers, Chance, and he's, he's doing more of the Chance's stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I did extensively uh, worked with kids these days when they were still a band, if anybody's familiar with them. And then... Um, and then kind of just went into the whole Save Money rapper scene from there and started working with Chance and, and Vic Mensa. And um, so I think I can say I've done the majority of Chance's videos. I'm not entirely sure anymore, but I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the names that you guys have worked with in the city, you know, Chance included, Rocky Fresh, Kids These Days, you know, these are artists who at various points and even now have really been on the come up, you know, and in Chance's case, have just broken through in this major way. You know, there's really no need to list where Chance is now. Um, everyone knows. But when you guys were working with a lot of this talent, it was pretty early on, right? Yeah, uh, I actually came into it via Elijah, via Davy Greenberg. Like, Ella Films, Yeah, right? Ella, yeah. Films. Ella Films. Ella Films was like a, a, like a production house kind of thing that was going on that, I don't know how you've came across yeah them. you know uh well i just uh you know i got to chicago and i uh just noticed a lot of ella films all over uh you know i think davy davy greenberg did a really great job with like uh the branding and and really getting his name out there uh so i just kind of sought him out and uh just kind of linked up with him and at that point it was um you know this was like pre-kids these days even he, uh, the the people he was working with was like vic mensa um and uh, Chance, when he was uh, with the group Instrumentality, uh, yeah. was doing so. It was yeah. We knew a lot of these a lot of these people um, from you know we met them when way back when or, or you know I mean but even still that was only like three or four years ago now. So but it's been a fast turnaround. And you know when you guys were working with these artists, were you telling other people like, hey, kids these days, hey, Chance the rapper. These, these artists are going to come up. You should hear the music. You should see the visuals we're making. Was it kind of this cell where you were trying to tell people about it and they're like... I think there was probably a while where, especially, you know, like um, social media is such a big place to put your stuff out. And before people, before people already care, it's hard to get them to care. So, like, it probably did look a lot like spam to them for a while where it's like, hey, here's somebody I really believe in. Here's somebody I'm working with please watch, please share. People would be like, no thanks. No I want to do a quiz. To, no on one Facebook. wants to be on something until everyone's on something. Right. There's, there's fewer people who want to be first. Mm -hmm. And then once like, someone big co-signs it, then everyone's like, oh yeah, I knew about this a long time ago, man. I was there at the beginning. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's really hard to like, let people know about mm -hmm. these things. And it was, and again, Ella Films was kind of like a great gift because there was a lot of artists involved in that or that he was working with. And like we were we were kind of like the team like we came in later but what that gave us i think was like perspective like i just i decided which artists i really believed in on that that had worked with ella films and decided to keep pursuing work with them and it, that came out to be kids these days and chance you know particularly yeah so you know i, I actually i kind of find myself being surprised here and again with like with what where people go because maybe I'll hear some music uh, you know early on and maybe I won't it won't necessarily be my cup of tea or you know whatever um, and then you know I'll hear a track come out from the same artist that you know it's like everyone's kind of going I feel like especially with musician like the way that music's shared and everything that like uh, I don't know that it it does change and uh, you know maybe I I don't know so you kind of become a fan, a fan with as it's happening yeah, kind of yeah. thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's talk, we're going to talk a lot more about the music side of things, but let's kind of talk about the technical side um, for a minute. Like, 
you know, these great looking visuals that you guys have made, these films, these music videos, all this kind of great visual work that we saw on the screen here. How does that happen? Like, what kind of software, what kind of hardware are you guys using? Like, I know it's not just you turning on an iPhone and just being like, all right, we're done. We shot for 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the... I work primarily with a camera that I got almost four years ago now, which is just a Canon uh, Rebel T2i DSLR. And I, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, that was up there was shot with that. And that's all... It's all dependent on, you know, there's, there's a scale thing to DIY, you know, where, where there's different levels to it, where um, some of the stuff, you know, was shot with the T2i and lit with, like, clamp lights from Home Depot. And then as, you know, the next level of DUI, or D, DIY, DUI. <laughs> DUI in the Chicago music scene. That was, yeah, that was Freudian. Um, That's a different panel. Yeah. DUI, <laughs> My name is Austin, um, and uh, so the next level of like DIY is like moving into like maybe you get a 5D and then and some and some actual you know cinema lights and stuff like that. So that answers some of the question, I guess. But uh, but then there's also big stuff where like a budget comes in and you can shoot like on a red, which would be the don't harsh on the red. Yeah, we did red for don't harsh my mellow, which was in his reel, and then we did an Arri Alexa, which is like the greatest for digital, which was on that, the guy in the, on the roller skates, we Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that just looks so visually. Yeah. And it makes a difference. Like, yeah. you know, for somebody, let's, I don't know as much about like the video side of things. I'm so from the audio side, but it really makes a world of difference what camera you're shooting on, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think the most important thing is not necessarily the technology you have or the, I think it's the, the people you're working with. I think is is the most important thing. Um, you know, Nathan Salter shot a ton of the stuff that uh, that you see. You know, he shot Don't Arse My Mellow and shot that um, that uh, the video that we were just talking about. Um, but he shot like tons of our stuff, and and it's really I think that becomes the most um, useful or the most important tool is not necessarily what camera you're shooting on, but who you're working with and how you work with people. Um, and on those same lines, too, I think that we talked about this last year, but mm -hmm. the, the democratization of, of technology to create art with, like, every, it's available to everybody. It's available to everybody in this room. It's available to everybody, you know, right. with Anyone a little with bit a of means. Yeah. yeah. And I think so what, you know, the order of priorities then I think should be that your ideas and... and um, and you know the people, but I think ideas are part of the human capital. But whatever you're bringing um, from yourself as a visionary is what you really, because you're, you're the one using the tools. So I think that's how you're going to set your work apart is if you're using them with a different perspective. Yeah, because anybody could come up now and just be like, oh yeah, I'm a director. I made a video. You know, I turned on my iPhone or you know whatever phone I'm using. Yeah, take us through the process of like, you know. Like, an artist comes up to you and is like, hey, let's make a video for this song, or you have an idea for a short film. What's the process from, like, someone approaching you to the finished, executed, final product? You know, like, how does the, the um, storyboarding or the brainstorming happen to the end? Like, how does, the, what all is involved, I guess? Well, I think it's a lot more paper than people are aware of. Um, or, I mean, a lot of times it's not paper, it's on the computer, but, you know, that's the idea. Is like, there's a lot of just pre-production is something that I think people also take advantage of or don't take advantage of, take for granted, uh, and because of the technology and stuff. And I think that, you know, writing a treatment, um, you know, putting words to a page, uh, creating a shot list is really important to me. Like, I don't storyboard just because it's like my drawings suck anyway, so... It would be a waste of everyone's time and be embarrassing for me. But uh, making a shot list, you know, um, those, are, those are some of the things that I think that people do less of and I think really should be focused on. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, too, like uh, in, the, in the whole process when you have uh, a video and you want to make this video is that, you know, whatever you write down on paper and you're like, all right, this is the video I'm going to make. I'm going to, like, you write your treatment out, you, you know, write your, sh your shots down, Whatever you do, like I always, I always find that all of that stuff, pretty much, like you need to do it, but then it all goes out the window. Like, you know, like it's, you know, you just need to do it for that process of like, oh, when you write something down, you remember it, or you know, 
just running through uh, thinking about shooting something logically, you know, like that's what that makes you have to do is like have to figure out, you know, oh, I'm only have this much time or, you know, and we want to get these shots, like, you know, and you figure out what you need to cut beforehand and this and that. But I always feel like I'll write something and then the whole process is actually taking that original idea and just um, just stripping it down to the nuts and bolts. Like it, pretty much everything I've ever made is not what has been originally written. So yeah, I think I only have like one piece that I can like. I have the treatment and I have the video, and they coincide, you know, almost to the second. There's like one video that I'd ever worked for, but. But, you know, like you're saying, it's good to have that stuff because then at least when the plan falls apart, you had a plan that you can then deviate from and, you know, you can, at, you can come out of the rubble of something instead of just going in empty-handed. Um, yeah, I think people don't really realize that these things change from inception to finished product. A, a good example is I think right now they are publishing uh, a new series of Star Wars comics. And these are based on George Lucas's very first original first ever treatment of Star Wars Han Solo is a lizard <laughs> like that's not the thing that we saw in theaters you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so yeah the beginning of it can be very very different from the, the finished product for sure yeah talk about you know Austin you mentioned there's like levels to being DIY but you guys for all intents and purposes and maybe you'll tell me otherwise I look at you guys as very DIY you're not working for like a major movie studio you're not employed by like a marketing firm as their video department. You guys are out there, quote unquote, in these streets, you know, making on your own, creating on your own. What all does that entail? What does it mean to be an entrepreneur and to be self-employed in the video realm? It entails being very broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, you have to really, I mean, I guess you, you really have to care about what you're doing to do it like that because, because then it's, because sometimes it's not fun to to be broke, you know. But but um, you do the best with what you can. But it's cool because we have had the opportunity, like that video of the guy roller skating. Like that that video ended up being like an eighty thousand dollar video that we shot in L.A. over the summer, and it was me and Elijah and uh, Nathan Salter and Kelsey Fox. Kelsey Fox. We got to we got to bring a little team out there and then really do the thing like on a Disney backlot, right? But we were going into that having done all this DIY stuff first, so I think that it builds a certain type of, uh, like, resilience and kind of, like... Work ethic. Yeah. Scrappiness. Yeah, like, we were so scrappy because in that, in that particular project, there was stuff coming into us that was just changing every day, multiple times a day, and it was... But we knew how to react to it because we were used to, like, just being out there and, like, everything's just busted because, like, we're doing it in a busted way. You know. I think if you don't have that like personal experience where you've gone and done it and you haven't done it once, you've done it a hundred times or a thousand times and you've done it for no money, you've done it on no budget, you've done it on no sleep, you've done it when people flake out and you still make something happen. Once you learn how to do these, and Martin's laughing at it, I mean, I think it's like that in any of the creative arts now. Like, if sure. you can learn to do it on your own, if you can learn to do it being broke for no money and still make something really engaging and interesting happen... Then when someone does approach you with money or with some resources, you're like, oh, I know how to do this. I did it when we had nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's a mentality that I would, you know, like to keep carrying to things like that when those do come along because, you know, you want to keep those, you want to save as much of that money as you can while that, that they give you too so that you can, you know, go even beyond what their wildest dreams were for that budget because they're used to inflated stuff, but we're used to like, keeping it in there, the micro in the scale yeah. yeah yeah i think that i mean it is that is some i mean it is a business it's I, I think it's kind of a weird this weird little thing that's happening with all kinds of arts with be it music or or uh you know movies or music videos or whatever where it is you can kind of make somewhat of a living doing these things um you know that you know, a lot of people wouldn't really necessarily have the opportunity to do beforehand, but it is at the same time that it's your art, it's, uh, you know, it's a business. And I, I think that's what's interesting about the music videos is it's like, it, it's weird to kind of put it in this category because it's a, not only, it's, it, it's ultimately a product, but it's a service and it's an art form. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
it's really weird to kind and of it's balance a all. And, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of weird to it's to find a balance in there, um, and kind of you know stay business minded or keep your artistic integrity and you know um, you know it's it's a it's a weird thing and I I'm I'm really excited to see you know where things like this kind of are heading. So and I think it can't be overstated that you have to love doing it. Q101, the radio station I used to work for, when it went off the air. We spent the final summer doing, I worked on their local music show. We were booking interviews with Chicago artists. We had Greg Corner from uh, Kilhanna, who's now one of the hosts, like the primary host at JBTV. And he told me something. And I, I don't remember if it was on the air or off the air, but this always stuck with me. He said, you know, as the music industry loses money, as it stops being something that just pays people ridiculous amounts of money, you know, and I think this applies to all the creative arts, the only people who are going to be left doing these things are the ones who love doing it, who aren't doing it to get rich because you won't, but who are doing it because this is what they have to do, this is what they love doing. And that's, you know, when I look around the creative landscape in Chicago now and even beyond, the people who I see doing things like this are the ones who love doing it, not the ones who think like, oh, shit, I'm going to make a couple of videos for Chance and I'm going to be rich, you know? Well, yeah, and you, that it can't even, you can't make it like that because, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen with, with Dude in 2011, you know what I mean? Like, what happened with him is actually... I think it's something to be studied in years to come because it's like, I, I can't even, like, I still can't really accept it because it's just been a little bit too close to me, but, like, it's really insane. When I saw him in a Justin Bieber video last week, that was when I was like, this is, okay, this is strange. But like, like, this is a dude I text with, and he's hanging with Bieber. Yeah, it's like, it's really, it's really bizarre, so it's, it's hard to, I, I know that that wasn't, that wasn't my mentality coming into it. It was like, oh, I'm going to make videos for these artists and then they're going to take off and I'm going to win. Because like, I still don't feel that way. Even now that they've won, it's not like that's not my golden ticket. Like, my golden ticket is, is still my work and still my, my art, and that's what I want to keep, keep winning with, whether it's with new artists, the same guys, or something completely different because, you know, music videos isn't the only thing either. So. Yeah, I, I think that's also something that's kind of interesting uh, about like in the like making making all these music videos, making like it's weird because you share the uh, it's not like solely like all these videos, all these chance videos, all these you know like that's you know you know it's our artistic product, uh, but at the same time you like share that that with another artist, you know? So it's strange because it's like, it, it's not necessarily your, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm making this, uh, you know, this short film that's mine, I can do whatever I want with. It's like, you know, uh, other people are releasing these materials and you don't necessarily always, um, ha you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of gray areas because it's so, such a new, new thing, but I mean, it's a cool way to get your name out there. I feel like you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're not gonna you're not gonna get rich making music videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Something I see happening a lot of the last few years, and I'm sure you guys have noticed it. There's a lot of creative talent that is just doing this mass exodus out of Chicago, and they're doing it for a number of reasons. They either think, you know, whether it's right or wrong, they they see other opportunities in like you know markets like L.A. or New York, or they can't find work here or, you know, like there's, there's all these reasons that like creative and especially younger creative people, you know, late teens, early twenties, college age are leaving Chicago. And you guys are two people who you could have done that. And you're still based out of Chicago doing work here with Chicago artists. How is Chicago as a market for, you know, for creative entrepreneurs and how has it been for you guys and what's keeping you here? Hmm. I mean, it's, well, to answer this second question, how has it been? It's been awesome. Like, it's really a great place, I think, to, to like, get a start and get a foothold in what it is you want to do because it is, it is a really fertile landscape for creativity and there's a lot going on. And we happened to both come into a particular scene that was very fertile right at the right time. And to be a part of that was really probably somewhat rare and, and kind of exceptional, you know. But, but um, I don't know, it's given... The city is just, it does love its arts, and, like, I think that they, they appreciate you if, you if they can tell that, that it matters to you and that you're, you know, trying to do something with it. I, 
I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I see yeah the exodus definitely is is real, um, but I don't know I you know I stay in Chicago f- because I'm a Midwest dude you know I'm from the Midwest I, you know uh, and it, I couldn't see you know I get a chance to go out to L.A. I get a chance to go to New York you know I've been out there and do this or that but uh, but yeah I don't. It's almost, I feel like better, I like to go out there and be able to kind of not be from there and be different because I feel like when you're in in L.A. or in New York or whatever, I've kind of noticed that there's people work differently. And I, and I just think the Midwest, like Midwestern people just work way harder. I'm just like in tune with, with my Midwest roots, I guess. So I, I wouldn't really think of leaving, to be honest with you, so... Well, something else, and I'm not trying to put down New York or LA. I mean, those are both fantastic cities that have a lot of great advantages and, and a million great things that can be said about them. It's a lot harder to stand out there, though. I think it's much easier to build a name for yourself in Chicago and really, you know, like, develop your hustle here, and, and you can stand out easier. It's been my experience. I think that's true, and I, and, and I think that... Uh, you know, it has been cool to, like, build a brand of, of sorts or, like, build, you know, the name because then I feel like I... And I know that there are people in, in New York, and, and it's a lot in the music industry, which isn't exactly where I want to be, but it's, but it's cool still. But there's... Because you're smart. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, um, there's a lot of people in New York and in L.A. That, that do know the name that I built in Chicago, and I probably couldn't have built the name there, but it's there anyway, and, and that's really cool, you know, to have to have been able to construct it in my in the comfortable place that I like to work and, and do stuff and and then to still reap the benefits coast to coast for it, you know. Well, your work can travel further now too via the internet, obviously, which is mm-hmm. not news to anyone. But you know what I mean? Like you don't like last night I did a Google Hangout with a musician and writer who lives in LA now, but he used to live in Chicago. Matt Devine from Kilhanna, and you know. Before, I couldn't have done a video conference with him. If I wanted to do an interview with him, it would have been over the phone, you know, which would have taken a lot of work to construct, or I would have had to fly out there. I hung out you know, at my place in comfortable clothes, like in my office room, and, and was able to do that. So now like, your work can travel further without you having to actually do the traveling yourself, which you should still do. But yeah, it's something where you, know, you can develop a name for yourself in a city like Chicago and still have people find out about you in other cities, absolutely. I, I got to say, though, too, that, I mean, it, as there is a lot of talent that, you know, kind of comes up in Chicago and leaves, that there, there are a lot, of, a lot of great things that are coming to Chicago, too, and especially in the film world, um, you know, with uh, all the TV shows that are being shot here now, that there, actually, there, is, there is a lot of work that you can get uh, in the film world in Chicago. Like, there's plenty of work out there. You know, you just kind of look around for it, you know, but it's definitely, it's definitely here. What are some social strategies? And we're going to do like one or two questions and then open it up to the, uh, up to the audience. So one or two final questions. But what are some social strategies that you guys use for, you know, as we're talking about how the Internet can help you get your name out? Once the videos are finished, once you guys have some kind of content that you've, you know, put your stamp on and you want people to find out about it, how do you spread that, you know, socially? Because obviously there's like Facebook and Twitter, but... It's not as simple as just posting it on Facebook and Twitter and then it's done. Like, how does that work? What social tools do you use? What social strategies? All that. You have to be really annoying. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. There's like, you know, hashtags and stuff, I guess. But I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to, to say because a lot of the stuff that we've done, both of us have a built-in audience and, um, and that helps. You know, yeah, definitely, it definitely helps them that. over social media too. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, more from we, the artists. Oh, like, sure, yeah. sure, sure. With the audience, yeah. sure, kinda, with the artists' audience, yeah. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these videos, uh, you know, that get a lot of plays, like you know, yeah, that they do. It's it, you know, it's great to have an artist that has a reach already. So we're kind of have like shared with a lot of these artists uh, with their reach. But I, one one thing that I always find if I if I make something that I really like that I you know, that I'm like, yeah, this is something that I made uh, that I want people to think of me, you know, to, to represent my work. Um, you know, it's as simple as just, th- 
think of everybody, uh, just send a personal email to, you know what I'm saying? Instead of like just putting it on Facebook and saying like, oh, hey, like here's my thing, watch it. You know, it's really, you know, take, take a couple hours and just write everyone you know that you've had conversations with and say, hey, you know, this is really meaningful to me. Uh, this is something I made. I'd really appreciate it, even if just if you watch it, you know. And you'd be amazed how people respond to, like, you think, like, oh, I don't want to, like, blow up these people's things. But, you know, when you really take the time to just even just put their name in it and then say, you know, that people really respond well to it and will help you and pass it along, you know, and really tap into other people's networks and, you know, get your thing out there. So that's... I just, you know, as simple as personalized email. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the, and a lot of the, the way that stuff like that works is, this is totally different than what you just said, but a lot of the way that this stuff works, um, I, I don't know how it works, because the only other example I have that, like, didn't have a built-in audience was a short film that I put out uh, in October, I think it was. And that made it, like, funnier die. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was all I did is I put it on Vimeo and it did pretty well with people who I know who were just like, oh, this will be interesting to see what he did. But then I, I uploaded it to Funny or Die and then within a week it got put on the front page and then within a week after that it had like 50,000 views or something like that. And this was just some short film that I made, you know, just to be funny. And like, I don't know how that stuff works. Like, I don't know if it's just like you... If it's just quality of content, the right people see it at the right time, I'm not really sure. Like, the Internet is still a mystery to me. <laughs> you know, and I think that there's something just to be said for consistently creating creative, consistent, interesting work. Yeah. If you are continually putting out new content that is interesting, that is at a, you know, of a certain quality level and is going to appeal to people, and you keep doing that, not in a way that's annoying where it's like, here's 14 new videos every day. But if you're, if you're consistent and you're always putting out quality work, people are going to become aware of you. And again, especially in a market like Chicago, where if you do anything long enough and at a high enough quality level and frequency and velocity and, you know, all these kind of things, you'll start to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that I, I like to do is that I like each of my releases to be kind of an event and, like, the real... That had, um, I think that had like six or seven videos in it. One of them didn't even come out. So it's like, that, and that's my whole year. You know, that was my whole year last year was I put out six or seven music videos. So um, that's something, like you said, you know, it's just like I wanted to focus on each of those and make them worthwhile pieces for people to see instead of just like flooding them with a new thing every, you know. Sure. Yeah. I think one, too, wasn't there with uh, Don't Harsh My Mellow, too? Wasn't there, like, they even made stickers and... Oh, yeah. We we went out and did, did like, a legal pasting. shit. Yeah. yeah, we pasted just getting the word out, trying to, like, build this hype around that yeah. video. And that, you know, that had a pretty good release and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the final question we're going to do with you guys has been an awesome discussion. I'm really appreciative of the time and, and for SAE and Martin for having us here. So I want to open it up to the audience after one final question, which is, you know, for anyone here who's, who's in the audience here or anyone who's listening to this podcast after the fact, if they want to create really, you know, captivating visual work, whether it's a short film, a music video, anything, a movie of their own, what's the best way to start creating something like this? Because maybe somebody is thinking like, I've got a story I want to tell or I've got an artist I would love to do a video for but I don't think I could do it. I don't think I have the tools, or I don't think I know how to do it. That's a big one. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, I think that just, I think it's, first of all, if your attitude is, I don't think I can do it, that's a bummer, because you can, you can do it. Um, the tools are out there, and um, I think that it's, I don't know, man. <laughs> you could take this for yeah. a second. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, just do, like, just, Ignore everyone that is going to... When you ever start anything, there's always going to be people that are going to try to take a crap all over you and like, oh, that's stupid or this or that. And just ignore that because that's... has nothing... Like, who, you know, people are going to like something for the same reason that people are going to dislike it. So if you want to make something, make it, you know, and put it out there and just ignore anyone that says anything bad. Uh, about it, you know, because there'll be people that like it, like there's bound to be. And then, yeah, I don't know, just, I would say you need, 
people too. You need people to make things, uh, you know, and it, it, you'd be surprised if you get people involved and if they like your idea and then you find out like, oh yeah, you know, I had this great idea for this music video and then you find out, oh, well actually this dude's cousin is, you know, whoever that, you know, loves that idea. Let's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you'd be surprised how connected everyone is and that once you get people, once you have an idea and you put it in a, in, in a room with, you know, a couple people to work on it, like that idea is gonna get hammered out, you know, it's like, so that's, that's the most important thing to me is just find collaborators and work with people. Don't try to do it all yourself, you know? Yeah, it'll open up your whole world. Yeah. I think to me too, the, to me, I guess one of the most important things would be just like to really be yourself in your art because I think that um, people like to encourage you to do things to uh, suit a status quo. And this is, I guess, an, an art school, so probably people are trying to rail against that a lot. And, uh, and that's, a, that's the way to go for me. Like, if I'm, like I'm going to make a, a music video for a rap artist, like, I'm not watching rap videos to get inspired. Like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch uh, something. I'm going to watch... Um, French New Wave because, you know, there's going to be some weird technique in that that's going to make the video and it's going to make it a rap video that people haven't seen. And that's just, that's just an example. But, I mean, just, just tell your truth from you and put your ideas first. And um, the rest usually follows that pretty well if you, if you really have a good idea of who you are as an artist. And, and that can take a while, but just keep trying. One great thing about music videos is that it's all experimental film, so you can just keep trying and messing up and, like, figuring out new stuff. So just, just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I think that's all awesome advice. I, I've loved everything you guys have said. I'm really happy we were able to do this. Uh, let's open it up to the audience here. If you have a couple questions, the way we can do this is my producer, Layla, here, has an extra mic. So if you want to come up and ask a question and be on the podcast, you can use the microphone. If you don't want to be on the podcast, if you don't want your voice to be on this recording, you can raise your hand and we'll echo your question. You know, we'll say it into the mics that it's in the recording. But it's always more interesting when people get on. So come on up here. I think Martin's got one. A veteran of Dynasty Podcasts. So, yeah, just a veteran. Just an old fuck. So that was awesome. Really awesome. I, I, I loved everything you guys were saying. You talked about the balance of uh, your art and not selling out and that path. Could you go into that a little bit more deeply? Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like navigating <laughs> that? Shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, uh, you know, because for one thing, especially, okay, so your art becomes your business uh, at a certain part, and that's a weird point because then you have to, all of a sudden, you have to, instead of just, oh, I had these ideas and we made these and they came in their own time, now all of a sudden you gotta, you know, come up with an idea uh, on the spot for some, you know, for somebody else. And if, if you need the money too, even if you're not interested in necessarily a project, sometimes you need to do a project or take a project because everybody's gotta eat, you know? So it's, 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 it's weird, yeah, it's weird being in this, uh, having your art be your business. It's, uh, you know, and it's really, it, it, it's, I don't think there really is, you ever do reach that balance. I don't think that happens. I think that sometimes you feel like, man, I'm a sellout, or man, I didn't do, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I feel like it goes back and forth, and you just gotta, like, love the times that it's on. Love when you have that awesome idea, um, and everything worked out, and then, you know, for, for for every success, you know, I feel like I've had like five or ten just horrible like nosedive failures. Like, you know, for every like one thing that ended up working out right. Um, so it's a lot of failing. It's a lot of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of fail. It's a lot of failure and a little bit of success. And you just gotta like, you know, love when you made that one project or you know. So it's. Uh, I would. I, I would come at it. Who's one? No, it, like that. Anyone who's good at what they do, that comes from having failed a whole bunch of times, because that means you learned what not to do. So, I think I would come at it a little bit more optimistically. Like, 
<laughs> just, I mean, but I mean, really, when you take when you take the pretty off of it, if there was any to begin with, like you are when you're making something like a music video. We talk about this a lot. Is you're making a commercial for somebody, and you're making a commercial for their music and them as a as an artist, and and so I think that's where sort of the some of some of your integrity. You, you might think that you're losing it there, but I think that you can, if you work with the right artists and you have a good relationship with them, you can, you can put yourself uh, into that commercial as much, uh, you know, as much as you can and, and still make something that I think is, is worthwhile. Like, I don't think, there might be a few projects that I've done that I really am like, oh, that one was just because, but like, usually I'm pretty proud of what me and the artists were able to put together you know, to create this little ad thing for them. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, it was an ad for the song and an ad for the artist and their their project or whatever. But in the end, if I did it right, it's an ad for me too. You know, and which is fine. You know, so. So who else? If anyone wants to come up, we've got this mic. And feel free to say your name. Um, my name is Alicia. Um, in your personal opinions, what sets you apart from other artists in the area or, you know, different coasts? Hmm. I don't know. That's hard. I never thought what about sets, myself. What sets me apart? Um, I think for one, I'm very muscular, so not <laughs> stupid. Um, no, I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just me, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, I guess that's, I try to do something that I would like to see. You know, uh, and a lot of times that's very different from what I would say uh, a large majority of people would want to see. So, so, <laughs> so uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. Um, I think that's a good thread to go with, though. I think, I think hopefully we would all like to believe that as an artist you are singular and that you are you and... I am me and this and that, you know, and the walrus and all that stuff, so. But but at the same time, too, it is, it's like, it's not necessarily like, a lot of these videos that we made, like, have been, it hasn't been, you know, it's not like, pretty much most of these videos that I've made is not like just me. It's like me and four, three or four other people, you know, so, um, you know, I guess it's just that uh, interaction of those people and how you kind of, handle uh the collaborative effort you know it's like as a director you know you're kind of the center of so i guess a, a director is kind of like you kind of get people that you trust to do things and you know sometimes you let them run you know what i'm saying do do i don't know <laughs> i think that was a good know. rule of thumb though what you brought up elijah um where you said that you're creating videos you want to see I think any, any creative work you do should be you making something that you wanted to exist that you didn't see yet. Whether you're like writing a story, whether you're making a movie, whether you, this panel, I was thinking like, I wish someone to talk to, literally, literally, like I'm not saying this, I wish someone to talk to Austin and Elijah about their, their, you know, their film theory, like how they do what they do, what they've done, their thoughts behind it. And I was like, I'm going to make this because this is something I would like to listen to and I would like to attend and, and hear because you guys are interesting people who do interesting work. I, I just think anything you do, have it be like, I'm doing this because it doesn't exist in the world yet and I want it to exist. I want to be able to watch or listen to it, so therefore I'm going to go make it. Well, really and thanks for did. making it. Yes, no, man, you. thank you guys for coming out. Uh, who else? We, got, we can do a couple more, so yeah, feel free to come up here. Uh, what's up, guys? My name is Patrick. Um, I come from the talent management side, um, often like coordinating a lot of these projects, um, representing the artists. How can we be as prepared as possible so um, it's super constructive, you know, setting meetings, uh, what kind of time window should we be looking for, uh, six months out too far, is one month too close, uh, that type of stuff. You're better at business than me. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it really... Uh, jumps from project to project, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, if you have an artist and they, like, for instance, I, I've been just really trying to 
get this project squeezed in um, for Valentine's Day release. Like, and that came to me, and I really love the project, um, but it was like two weeks out, you know? And usually that's uh, like, I think two weeks is like the bare minimum of like, of being able to put something together. Uh, so it was pretty much like, all right, if, you know, if I, and I had it free, so it was like, all right, let's do it, you know? Um, but then there is too, there is kind of uh, this like, sometimes you can come come a little bit soon uh, and then, um, whatchamacallit, like for instance, and actually it's funny because Pat is, uh, we've actually done, done some business before and we're working on this uh, video. And uh, you know, sometimes like you, you might want to start a project uh, and there's a couple months in between or whatever, but then it's like, you know, this time, like if you leave some time too, the project can kind of, you know, get, get hanging. But, but I think generally just like, you know, if, if you just keep the positive energy up and, you know, on both sides and trying to get this, you know, pro like it's, you can never like pull anybody's arm to get them to like do anything creative for you. I think that's one thing that I see with a lot of, a lot of people will, they'll want to, they'll really want to get to work on something or this or that, but they can just really like pull somebody's arm and it's like, and if you're trying to get something creative from someone, sometimes it just doesn't work out like Bad that. vibes, man. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. I th Yeah, it's kind of back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so the follow-up, um, since it's not in the mic, was is it better for, you know, for the artist or manager or you know, publicist or somebody like to come up with the idea themselves or to let you guys do the idea on your end? I have to admit that the my worst failures, the projects that like don't come out or fall apart or have a lot of friction are the ones where the artist came with an idea that I tried to appease. Because with visual art, it's communicating that from one person to another is pretty difficult. And... Um, and, you know, I try to do my best with that stuff, but I also am a visual artist, and I want to put my, my stamp on it, too. So, like, I'm open to people bringing ideas, but if it's like, I have a treatment, and this is what I want you to make, often I'll, I'll say no, because that's, I'm going to let you down, and um, that's a bummer. But I, I've been, plus, it, I really take joy out of, like, being able to interpret a song and then, and then show you something that you might not have expected about your work. I think I think yeah I think it's really good when too when an artist will have an idea or uh, an artist will already have like an established image or like an established like for instance like Rocky Fresh the DeLorean like you know uh, like that kind of thing this motif that artists will go through or like um, that you can kind of like fall back on and have this mi middle ground of like okay I maybe have this idea that's pretty left field. But I know that this dude's like, man, he's super into, you know, whatever, like skateboards. Or like, all right, so we got to throw some skateboarding in there. Or like, you know, like it's cool to have like fragments. But yeah, definitely never. I've never like straight up shot somebody else's treatment because yeah, it's what he said. You're gonna let you're gonna let them down. Like they're gonna be like, oh, why isn't this what I was dreaming about for day in and day out for <laughs> yeah. for a month? Yeah, you know, so. That's the disconnect. Uh, hi, I'm Royal. I was wondering, what's your, like, your personal percentage of you that you put in like, a video you direct? Like, how much do you connect to like, a song's lyrics before you go out and say to the artist, I want to do this and this? You mean in terms of like, why I would approach an artist to do a song with yeah, them? Yeah, in a way. Like, whenever you do like, a video, like, I know if, uh, both of you guys have worked with Chance. Like, uh -huh. What is videos? Like, they're, like, are they more you or him? Or like, is it a, a great like, collaborative thing? Chance has been really cool to work with for me because I'm not sure if he's ever I'm not sure if he's ever brought something to me which has been awesome for me because then I just give him something and he's really receptive to to what I do. So most of the time it's a good like 95% my idea where he'll 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 collaborate with me for sure once we get into it, but usually usually the stuff that we've done together in the past I'm trying to think of an example where that's not true, but um I think most of the ones that I did with him in particular. And, and that's, like I said, that's a really good collaborative thing because I really respect his music and he happens to really respect my videos. So, so it's really easy to work with him. So it, and it's different with an artist like Vic Mensa, say, where he has a lot that he, he has a really vested interest in what you do 
with his with his stuff and um and that can be good and bad at times but then you get more into like a 60 40 ratio you know but that's that's just my experience yeah um yeah i think yeah i you know i try to put as much of of me into what i do you know as i can but yeah i i think um that a lot of times it is this delicate situation because you are you know, in music video, you, it's ultimately someone else's image that you're, you know, creating or, or aiding along. So, you know, I try to f find uh, space in between and just kind of let people do, like, do them in their, in their video, you know, at least in their performance or whatever. <laughs> I think we got one more and then we'll uh, wrap a bow on this thing. Oh, George, Michael... Uh, I love the Clear Eyes video, by the way. Thank you, man. Um, I think I have two random questions. One, what's for you guys, what's been like the most tedious video that you guys ever worked on? And then another question is like, for like new up and coming artists like a Mick Jenkins or a No Name Gypsy, who would you guys like to work more with possibly in the future? Mick Jenkins. Yeah, Mick Jenkins. I think you nailed it. Mick Jenkins. Yeah, Mick Jenkins Saba. is the man. Saba's great. They're, yep. they're both, we should go see him tonight. They're at Township tonight. Yeah. Everybody, everybody go. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, Mick Jenkins is great. Bottom line, the first question, most tedious video I've ever worked on? That's hard to say because videos are tedious for different reasons, but one of them for sure was uh, this Kids These Days video called Dua, where uh, the premise was that they were like tiny people in this house. So I'd, I learned After Effects. I learned a new program to, make the, to edit the video. And um, that was really hard to do because I taught myself and then I had to figure out how I was going to shrink them and it was really weird. So it was like a month of editing on that, uh, a month like really solid of editing. And like the pay ended up, because I, it took so long to figure out the program and the techniques that I think I ended up making like a dollar an hour is what it averaged out to right. at the end. But, yeah. but uh, I loved the video though, so whatever. Yeah, I'd say the most tedious for me was... Um, LSD with a prop cause and chance, um, and for the same reasons I was yeah learning After Effects, picked it up for the for for that video and same thing man it's just like hours and hours at the computer and you know and then it's pretty much too like when you're on that end with the green screen and all that it's like once you like put all that time in it's like it's so hard to like oh let's change this up or that up because it takes like you know, two days to change, to change yeah. something or whatever, and that. But um, yeah, and as far as the artists go that we want to work with or that I want to work with is definitely Saba and Mick Jenkins. And then uh, there's this band called Evasive Backflip uh, that is just this crazy noise band. It's uh, just underground dudes. So I'm gonna probably do something for uh i really want to work at the orwells but uh this guy eddie o'keefe has it on lock yeah right i don't know if anybody's listening to the orwells but the kick ass yeah they're really good man we've had them on the podcast a couple times uh if and when you guys work with any or all these artists and when i do the inevitable interviews with them i'm gonna be like listen those dudes were saying they wanted to work with you you know six months ago on this podcast <laughs> proof positive um it's like the secret man we're putting the energy out into it what we want to happen i don't i haven't read the secret but i i agree with you yeah um I, i'm sorry i want to can i ask one more question yeah yeah let's close it out with martin and, um you guys are extremely well spoken and uh, i, I want to go back and listen to this podcast because there's like 25 t-shirts have been uttered <laughs> so far. That's exciting. Um, where are you going? Where, where is this leading for you? I know for me personally, um, like, my biggest next thing is, is really a move into narrative film. Um, I, I've always loved to write, and I've been writing screenplays for a long time, so that's, that's really where I want to go, and I'm hoping to make a, a feature in Chicago, which, uh, an independent feature in Chicago, which I think would be an exciting move. And um, you know, and bring a lot of the same people on board who I who I work with in music videos and stuff to to make it. Um, that's that's just a a short long term goal. Yeah, I think uh, you know I'll I'll 
be on a steady path to self-destruction. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, no, you know, I'm have goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just hoping to just keep keep on keeping on rocking in the free world. You know, and do 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 do. But yeah, I mean, you know, I just shot the first short film I've shot in in years, uh, and so I'm really excited about that. And just yeah, really getting. Uh, I think I think that I will be kind of moving moving out of the music video realm uh, to kind of see uh, some other aspects of filming and, and what to do with it, you know, and um, you know I, I still still be doing music videos, but but I want you know I want to expand and see see what else is out there and see, see what else is going on. This is starting to feel like the press conference at the beginning of Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know um, yeah, how do you guys scout locations? How do you find locations? Do you bother with permits, or are you guys just Oh, you're totally... trying to get me arrested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's trying to get you arrested. Yeah. I just shot a, I shot a video uh, in December where, like, it was on the roof. And what we, we just, like, went in looking real sketchy, carrying, like, baseball bats and stuff. Went up the elevators, went out a fire escape, and had to, like, keep the door propped open to make sure we could get back in off the roof. Like, that's how I shoot stuff. Like, I don't. Yeah. I've, I've never obtained a permit ever. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I yeah. I try to keep it as as gorilla as just try to just try to get in and get it done. But you know, you you gotta watch yourself doing it too, though, because especially as we get older and older. I mean, it was one thing when we were in school, and I had a, a thing like, oh, hey, no, I'm a student, blah blah. blah. But it's like. No, like I don't know, you hear stories of people getting their cameras stolen. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of Verlux. They're a team that makes videos in Chicago too. They're another one we want to get on the podcast yeah. soon. They got robbed at gunpoint on shooting a video, like damn. And uh, the guy like stole their money and left the cameras, which I thought was kind of stupid. But anyway, yeah. they're all okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, wow, it's real out there. Yeah. It's real. It's real. I mean, like you, there's you know like don't, don't fuck be around. don't be stupid. You know like. <laughs> Honestly, like you know, it's it can be dangerous. <laughs> it can be dangerous, especially. I mean, especially like yeah, if you got some nice gear, or whatever. It's like, you, like people are gonna want to steal that from you. You know, like you, like that's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially I don't know, like cops won't be very friendly to you or this or that. You know, but like always, if you're a student, like that's you know I you know thank God I'm still young. I can still. You know, we're still super young. We can still pull the, the oh, I still have my student ID card. Student ID, you know, we're students. This and that. That's got me on a number of jams, but, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it's also too. I mean, it's I'm like, ignorant. There's yeah. a lot of life hacks in this in this discussion. Oh yeah. yeah, just do it. Like just just go and do it. But you know, don't die. I guess. It's, Be real smart. Just eyes open. You know. Yeah. Just have some. You know. Just go do your thing. You know. And it's. Yeah, I don't know. Usually, if you act like you look and you know what you're doing, or also too, you know, dress. If you're gonna go try to, uh, you know, get into a nice place, dress nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't look like a scuzzball. Act like you're supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? Man, that is and, so true. If you like, act like you're supposed to be there, nine out of ten times, no one's gonna question you. Honestly, bring a clipboard. If you have a clipboard and you look busy and stressed. No one. That goes for everything. No one's gonna fuck with you. You trying to buy one? Go you buy go backstage those Jay Z. If you got a clipboard and you're wearing a suit, like, and you're wearing all black, you can go wherever you want. Are you trying to redirect traffic? You know, wear one of those reflective vests. Like, you can get that. Like, oh yeah, you can do it. You can do it, man. Dress can, for the part, man. Just do your thing. Just you know? for posterity, it reminds me of a story when we were shooting like our first short film together in high school. We wanted to use this like laundromat location. And the, the film centered, the main character was a clown, a really obnoxious outfit. So we went in, and I played the clown. So we went in, and I was in a suit first, like a blazer and a tie. And we're like, oh, can we use this location, please, to shoot? And they're like, oh, fuck it, whatever. I hate working at this laundromat. Just do it. But then, so then we went back out to the car and got into, into garb and, like, went in. And then they're like, oh, my God, what have we done? But they agreed already. Right. They already said yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. You know, before we wrap up, while I have you guys, I want to put it out there since Spartan asked what's next. One of the things we've been doing the podcast like nine years this summer, I, you know, and my background is so much in audio. I want to start moving us into more film work, and I want to make my own independent film this year, a very short horror film that might be broken up into a couple parts. So if either of you guys want to do some horror work, 
the invitation is open. Sounds fun, man. I'm writing horror right now. Oh yeah, Dude, that's, we'll, that's the thing. We'll mix up some Cairo syrup and we're we're ready. We'll I get love some it. Fake blood. Austin Vesely and Elijah Alvarado. Uh, I really want to thank you guys so much for taking the time today to be to be here to really open up so much about you know your work, your craft, your theory, what you guys do and how you do it. Thank you guys so much for being here. For Thanks for having us, man. Yes, we really appreciate you. it. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you guys. And thank you, Martin. Thank you Thanks all. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. yeah and then really, like, let's also thank Martin Atkins, um, the SAE Music Business Program, for having us here. Really, really, like, this was a tremendous experience. Um, Layla Iroyal, who's our producer here on Dynasty Podcast, for running tape on all this. And you're going to be able to listen to this uh, Later this month, it'll be within the month um, of February at DynastyPodcast.com. You'll be able to listen to this full thing unedited. It'll be chopped up. It'll be edited. It'll be in full. Um, My name is Jaime Black for Dynasty Podcast. Thank you guys all for coming out and for listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was awesome. This has been the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series. Thanks to SAE Institute Chicago and Martin Atkins for having Dynasty Podcasts on site, Austin Vesley and Elijah Alvarado for being on the panel cast, and Leila I. Royale for producing the live podcast. You can find more live podcasts and panels at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.